You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Don't have any new callers today, so let's get back to Chris from Alabama. Chris from Alabama. Fourth down stop. Good job. But Joe Bear still need to be fine. That's it. That's <laughs> all. Let's go ahead and put this thing to bed and go on score seven more points and make this thing 33. Go back, go, and I'll talk to y'all in a minute. Yeah, there's a uh, guy on Twitter, and I actually I kind of respect his trolling. And it's hard to tell like how much is trolling and how much is him actually being serious because some of it is just kind of ridiculous. But... um I'm trying to find it today. Replies. Here we go. Uh, Brian Gudekunst is his thing, but it's like Gouda, like the cheese, and it's Brian Gudekunst with a thing of Gouda. You probably run into him if you're on Twitter or whatever, but he asked this question, and this is one that I presume to be serious, so I actually answered it. Jordan Love has a six-game stretch where he threw seven touchdowns and nine picks, and our fan base says he had a bad stretch, and he's now and he's fine now and should be MVP because he has some touchdown passes. And it says we went one and five. Joe Barry had a three-game stretch, and you guys want him fired. I don't get it. So for people that view things that way, unlike Chris and I, let me elaborate. Our defense ranks 30th in year three. Our offense ranks sixth in year one. And by the way, I do not necessarily think Love should be MVP. We can talk about that tomorrow. So I don't even want to get sidetracked by that. Oh, so you think he should be MVP? No, 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 no. This has nothing to do with that. He goes on to talk about how great our offensive line is. Our receivers are really good. Our running backs are really good. And it's like, you are out of your freaking mind. We have not had Aaron Jones almost all year, and he's not been very good when he's played. This is like the one game he's played really well all year. Our receivers are not really good. We've missed most of them most of the year. And the fact that our undrafted free agents are getting open is partially a credit to Matt LaFleur, who everybody says is trash. I'm including uh, Brian Gutekunst here, I'm sure, has had some words about Matt LaFleur at some point. But also, in part, is because of Jordan Love. I don't know if you watched some of the plays from yesterday, where he's ripping passes to an open Bo Melton as he's getting smoked in the face because of this supposedly great offensive line, which, by the way, is another thing that's just going to drive me freaking insane. This is becoming like a ground sweat. It's so funny because it, it became a big thing. Like our offensive line is terrible. And everybody just started believing this massive lie early in the season that our offensive line was terrible. And it was objectively untrue. It was flat out untrue. The offensive linemen that everybody hate, hated were not playing bad. Jordan Love was one of the least pressured guys in football. And now suddenly, as the offensive line has started to get worse, which is backed by data, his, his protection was better early in the season than late in the season. Now it's like, dude, we got this great offensive line. I saw today... Some very respectable people talking about the reason for Jordan Love's sudden emergence in week nine is because our offensive line figured it out. That's just complete factual fiction. Factual fiction. Go figure that. I mean, it is it is absolute fiction. 
There is no data to back that up, which is why nobody's backing it up with data. It's just a made-up story. And it's all because of this week when everybody said the offensive line was great. Uh, Matt LaFleur handed a game ball or praised the offensive line. He, there were zero sacks, which it's not the first time. I don't know why this is like the most, you know, I think it's because Aaron Jones ran well. So suddenly it's just, you know, we, we have these tiny little triggers that make us believe these massive realities that are so untrue. The offensive line has been great for a long time. Why? Because Aaron Jones had a couple good runs and Jordan Love, who was running for his life all day, didn't get sacked. What the heck is wrong with people? I don't understand this. Anyways, yes. Uh, it's funny because I, I mentioned that this would happen with Joe Barry. Like if, if it has a good day, there's going to be some defending him or whatever. But it, I didn't recognize how serious it would be. Like I was half joking because it's like you can't be that dumb to really expect that one game is going to change. I mean, first of all, what's happened the entire year, which again, 30th ranked defense, even with this performance. It also doesn't undo the last three years in Green Bay or his entire career of being a bad defensive coordinator. You want one good defensive performance to mean he gets, what, another three-year contract? How are people freaking serious? I mean, sometimes I'm like, why do I even do this, man? I'm talking to the most unserious people in the world. It's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand anything. Anyways, uh, I agree, Chris. Yay! Hey! The long what? <laughs> I have no idea what he said. So, uh, I never know. Uh, Bo Melton just caught his uh, touchdown pass, period. Wait, why did I say period? I'm not texting. I'm not texting you. Um, so I'm just going to say this. Either Bo Melton is just the greatest undiscovered receiver talent, or Jordan Love is the dude. Uh, I'm- or Bo Melton just had a good day, which happens all the time. Right. Romeo Dobbs was the the listen, we all got on the Samore Ture train because of like a game. And that lasted over a year. Everybody was on the Watson train during his run. And then everybody immediately got off when he had a hamstring injury. Everybody jumped on Malik Heath as being like the real answer because of his like one or two good games. Romeo Dobbs was like a legit like I think he could be that guy. And now he's like falling behind the undrafted free agents and Dude, I'm not saying it's impossible, but we see guys have good games once in a while a lot. I mean, A.J. Dillon, he was bad all year. Everybody wanted him gone. He had like two good games. Everyone's like, oh, he's so great. We love A.J. Dillon. And now he's back to just being regular old A.J. Dillon. Nobody cares about Dillon anymore. I'm not saying they're trashing him, but it's like, I know we get excited about cool stuff. Sometimes guys just have good games. And honestly, I don't know that Bo Melton did anything special other than run the route and Minnesota forgot to cover him all day. Just saying. I'm going to go with B. Jordan Love is amazing. Um, yeah, this this curb stomping is... I, I wanted to score, like, three more touchdowns. Like, if there's fourth and 20 on the 30, I want to... I want to go for it because I hate the Vikings slash Vikings. There's not a team in the NFL I hate more than the Vikings. The Vikings. Only because their fans are the literal stupidest, <laughs> the dumbest, oh, stupidest, listen yeah, to me, the they dumbest are. fans on the planet. They're worse than uh, uh, Cowboys fans. They're worse than Patriot fans. They are the stupidest fans in the NFL. Even the Bears, the Bears, the Bears suck and their fans know it. The Vikings suck and they are delusional and think that they won five Super Bowls, even though they've lost. What for? Anyways, um, I just I'm just rubbing it in because I hate yeah. the Vikings. No, that's fair. Um, and uh, I want them to score zero points from now on, and I want us to kill them by fifty points because Vikings fans are all the stupidest. If any Vikings fan listens to podcast, you're the dumbest guy that lives in your neighborhood. You suck. The Vikings suck. Purple is gay. Horns are stupid. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is lame. Um, Justin Jefferson is the worst receiver on the planet. Well, and there you go. Uh, go Petco. I was with and, you uh, Hey, maybe you part. should try another quarterback in the fourth quarter. Maybe that'll help. Oh, wait. No, probably not. So, anyway, uh, peace out. You suck. Yeah, I, I was with you until the Justin Jefferson thing. I know you're just, I know you're just trolling, but. 
I mean, you, you had a really good one there that, I mean, all that stuff kind of stings. And then when you say something that's just objectively not true, that's when it kind of, in my opinion, it's like, oh, he's just, he's just making stuff up. So he didn't mean any of that stuff before either. Bro, why does Walgreens call me every day? I don't need you for anything. I mean, why not just put Nixon back, tell him to fair catch everything, and just do that? I mean, why would you, why would you put Turner back there? I mean, we're fine, but that's just, that's stupid. Anyway, happy to hear you. It's good to relive that one. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to relitigate it for the 40th time, but... I have to assume that they've determined that he's done a good enough job in practice that he is the backup punt returner. Not just that we're trying to save his job, but we actually think he is that guy. The question is, do you believe that so firmly that you allow him to continue to be the backup punt returner, especially when you consider how irrelevant the title of backup punt returner is for a guy that is a seventh-round pick that cannot get on the field as an actual wide receiver? I would assume that although in a different situation, that would not cost somebody their job, in this specific situation, I think it very well could. How important is it that we use him instead of Keyshawn Nixon in the event that Jaden Reed is injured as the punt returner, if you even use Jaden Reed, because sometimes we use Keyshawn Nixon over Jaden Reed anyways. I just, I don't see the upside here. How much significantly better is Samore Ture than Keyshawn Nixon? that we have to keep doing this. So while it may be true that Samori actually did a very good job and could actually do the job somewhat admirably, and it's unfortunate that he made this massive mistake, that seems maybe slightly unfair that he loses his job over the one mistake, I don't see an alternate situation that makes more sense. And again, I'm not calling for him to be cut outright this second, necessarily, although if you feel the need and find somebody else that would be more useful on the roster, by all means, but I absolutely don't expect him to be back next year. Hi, Ryan. It's Randy in Minnesota again. Oh, my God. Thank God. I will not have to listen to these clowns in this state for a while. <laughs> oh, we look so good. I am so happy. I hope we can keep it up for Chicago, but whatever. Great game. Go Pack Go. And once again, thank you. Bye. And this is at 9.56, so the game's just about over or over or whatever. So that's it, man. I'm happy for you, Randy, in Minnesota. I'm glad you're not going to have to suffer. That's a big deal if you live in Minnesota, especially when we lost one to them already. Um, if they had basically eliminated us, gone 2-0, and eliminated us from the playoffs, that would be really brutal. One of the other things I'd never really noticed before, last time we played Minnesota, it was in Lambeau, and they beat us 24-10. We go into Minnesota and beat them 33-10. Just the ultimate just smack in the mouth. Wow, that was really good. You, you beat us at home 24-10. You really made a statement there. How about we beat you in your house 33-10 and knock you out of the playoffs? How about that? I like that story a little bit more. Hey, Kyle from Madison. Hey, sorry for... Sorry for the foul language. I was I was pretty worked up, man, about that hit on Reed. It's uh, I don't know. We're working down here. We're under six minutes in the fourth quarter. We're gonna win. Um, and it's like I've been telling you, Joe Barry is the man for the job, y'all. Okay, no, he's not. But uh, you know, I'll give him some credit. Um, and yes. you know, actually, I didn't get a chance to talk to you a little later in the week, but I did go back and watch that whole Carolina game again. And while, I mean, there's a lot of inexcusable stuff uh, on tape from that Carolina game and over the last few weeks, there was a couple of plays that, like, you know, they kind of earned it against us at the end there. Um, obviously, he needs to be gone. But it's nice to see the defense play, like, a little self-respect, for crying out loud. <laughs> and uh, I think Tariqa or somebody just made a comment, like, well, at some point playing against the, you know, a backup quarterback in Minnesota, you'd think the defense would perform. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, Tariko, <laughs> have you not been paying attention to current events? Uh, named DeVito, uh, Mayfield. I mean, let's, okay, so DeVito and then they get waxed by, was it New Orleans the next week? Then Mayfield, I don't know what they did. I don't remember what they did last week, but they got waxed today. I mean, Carolina, I think, got shut out today. So, yeah, I mean, no, you don't assume anything from this defense at all. So, yeah, 
very happy about it. Um, hopefully Reed is okay. I, I don't like seeing him go back to line. Well, before we move off of that, let, let me elaborate a little bit because I, you know, listen, I, I gave them credit for not crumbling entirely. But let's also not get freaking carried away here. What do you expect is a rational or a reasonable amount of points to give up to a team that performed the way that they performed? Did you watch how poorly they played football? Did you see how awful their offensive line was? Did you see some of those passes? By the way, there's a metric out there for essentially like a luck metric. And the Packers were at the highest for the luckiest team. And essentially some of the stuff that goes into that are things that are not necessarily um, seen as skill-based. For example, drops and whatnot by the by a certain team. So the Vikings essentially shot themselves in the foot more than any other team this week, and the Packers are the biggest beneficiaries of that. That is a metric that has been actually calculated, not just some statement that's being thrown around. So yes, I do expect, I mean, th- this this is essentially meeting expectations. And I know, well, that's not fair. They only gave up about three points in reality. I mean, kind of, you got to give them, you know, I mean, they did give up the touchdown, but um, still, I mean, what what do you expect? I mean, what am I supposed to do? Be impressed that you didn't give up 24 to this team that couldn't complete a pass and had to bench their quarterback halfway through because the rookie, um, what, rookie fifth or sixth round pick that has never really played football in any serious capacity was struggling. And so then they brought out Mullins who they benched because he threw like four picks a game went out there. Uh, You know, I mean, yeah, we got a pick because their player didn't secure the catch and it tipped up into the wall, uh, the air and went into Ballantyne's hands. It wasn't like these guys are in great positions and picked the ball up. That should have been a completion, but it was a, 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 an off target pass that should have been caught and wasn't and went up in the air. Well, Preston got the turnover, right? Preston made a good play against an offensive line that was awful. So, yes, I will give them credit, but I'm not going to sit here and just let that narrative get spun out of control when this Vikings team freaking imploded and played like garbage. And for the first time over the course of several weeks against awful quarterbacks, and I'll even grant you that Baker is not one of them, against awful quarterbacks, we finally had our first good performance And part of that largely maybe kind of had to do with the fact that the Vikings were not going to allow us to have another bad game. All right. I'm pretty sure he came in with a chest injury. So hopefully it's just more getting back in the locker room early, make sure nothing got worse, uh, that kind of thing. Um, Man, you got to love, love (laughs) this game. I mean, he just looks like, Freaking maestro out there conducting things. Um, really, I mean, against what has been, to me, a really impressive Minnesota Vikings defense um, in the games. I've, I've watched them several times the second half of the year. and you know, They have been impressive, but as I said, their last two games, it seems like they're starting to slip a little bit. They give up like 27 and 30-something or whatever. So, yes and no, I guess. Including what they did to us earlier in the year, but they played really well, and so for... For us to come out here with, you know, a pretty damn dominant performance uh, from the offense is freaking amazing. I mean, it really should have been five, probably five touchdowns here for love. But um, I'm hoping we don't see him again. It's time for the for the what's his name show now. Um, I don't I don't want to see our starters out there anymore, obviously. But the game, it's a great game. I really hope it sets up a playoff berth and not a horrific meltdown but but you know what it would be just as spectacular if they flipped the script on last year and the way that ended and they beat the bears at home and finished the job that the team last year couldn't do that also feels right too you that's know? true that would be so nice let's do it go pack Talk to y'all. but also just be uh, again not that i want this rogers versus love thing to continue but it would be an additional smack in the face to the idea that we had elite-level Rodgers last year, which we did not, which I don't know why nobody seems to want to. Ignore. I shouldn't say nobody. I think most Packer fans get that. But at the very least, like Bears fans and Vikings, like, oh, yeah, you, you lost a great Hall of Famer or whatever. You're, you're doomed now. Like, okay, it's just another little piece of that puzzle. I was told that we can't do as good as we did last year because we had a Hall of Famer. And if I even suggested that Rodgers wasn't playing like Rodgers last year, so it's not actually impossible to duplicate or even possibly be better than, 
that was crazy and I was laughed at. Weird. So, yes, for for that reason, not not see and that's the other thing. It's not even Rodgers versus Love because it's bad Rodgers versus Love. So, comparing Love this year to last year has nothing to do with Rodgers' career. His MVPs 2020, 2011, 2021 even. Although he is creeping up to 2021 <laughs> Rodgers. Who did not deserve the MVP that year, I don't think. All right, let's get a second call from Kyle here, and then we'll take our first break. Hey, Kyle, one last time. Hey, one last thing I forgot to say, which is super obvious, but man, can you imagine if we had this kind of running game out of Jones all year? I mean, it is. Oh, I know. It's just crazy the difference that makes for yes. for the passing game. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, seriously, what, what would this team do, even with our absolutely you know laughable defense? What, where, what would be, you know, I said last week after the game, you and I got that, we're watching that Carolina game, we thought maybe two more wins, but, man, you watching Cook tonight, and, you're sitting, and I'm sitting here thinking, dude's not done, you know? <laughs> if we had that all year, I mean, really, what what would Love's numbers look like if he was able to do what he's done so far with? It's so crazy, too, because you think about next year. Right, and it's like, well, maybe Aaron Jones. Yeah, but but it's not just Aaron Jones, right? You're right about the run game and all that, right? That's that's true. We're better with it. Obviously, you're better when Aaron Jones is ripping off 15 yard runs. I mean, that's self evident. But also, what if he had Tucker Craft all year? I mean, playing like this. What if he had had Luke? Mus- I mean, Luke Musgrave played about two games really, because it took him a while to get revved up, and then once he did, we lost him right away. So what if we had like peak Musgrave all year? Not even peak, just like the good version of Musgrave all year. What if we had had like what we saw from Wicks, which we lost? What if we had Christian Watson all year? You know, I mean, it's just things are starting to come together. Even as things fall apart, things are starting to come together, and the offense is just taking off. And by the way, Jordan Love, <laughs> what would Jordan Love's numbers be if Jordan Love was Jordan Love the whole year? It's amazing that he actually has good numbers, basically playing one good half of a year with a couple games with a run game with his wide receivers out with, I mean, just crazy. And the offensive line, as far as the pass blocking hasn't been bad. I don't want to pretend that it has. It hasn't. Um, It's, it is getting worse and certain players are certainly just completely worked their way off this team, uh, especially the last couple weeks. I mean, this year in general, but the last couple weeks, um, I mean, Runyon pretty much since halfway through the year, he started having just a busy, it's like, his games now are like 30, 70, 20, 80, 30. I mean, it's just like you can't be having these just garbage games. Um, you could even argue Rashid in a way. I mean, I don't know about necessarily playing worse, but the prospect of him like being an actual left tackle, I think you can make that case maybe in the first four weeks of the season. And after that, it's like, yeah, I don't know. The first four weeks, he was like 70s and pass blocking every week. Now it's mostly 60s-ish. You know, he's got like an 80 mixed in which is why if I split the season in half, it's probably about the same grade. But he he's just not, he's, 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 eh, almost every game. So it's just, I mean, the prospect of like how many guys do we have, and, you know, Elton Jenkins, the run blocking is terrible. The, the pass blocking was terrible, and not even terrible, but it was not good enough in this game. But he's he's generally sitting in like the 80s as a pass blocker, so he's fine. And so, so in my mind, we have Elton, who I would like to play better and probably will if we can get a better center next to him, maybe a better tackle on the other side. I think that'll help him. Elton is there. Zach Tom is there. And I feel like we got three guys that kind of need to be replaced. Strangely enough, the tackle is like the least of my worries right now. Um, but the other two absolutely have to go. But again, the whole thing is, I mean, what can Jordan do? If he can play like this the whole year, and, and that gra- granted means he's going to have bad games. Everybody has bad games. Even even Rodgers in good years has down games. The, the, the lows might be quite a bit higher than, than uh, you know, other years or other games. But, um, and then, you know, again, just bring guys back healthy. Get, get a better running game, better offensive line. Get, you know, better wide receivers or the same guys just there more consistently and more often. I mean, it's just unbelievable to think, what the ceiling could be. And plus you got Matt LaFleur making the comments up to the effect of he's just showing a glimpse of what he can be in the future. As in like, no, he, he looks good, but this is nothing. This is just a taste of how good he can be. Like we're just scratching the surface. This dude, as far as I'm watching Jordan Love, like, bro, this is trash. Like, <laughs> I know you can do better than this. And we're all sitting here just freaking twitching about how good he looks. 
no running game at all. Um, Which I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, you just think about like the critiques of his footwork and how it's like, bro, you got to get the footwork better. And it's like, it's going really well, but imagine how much better if he just was more consistent in his foot. It's just, it's crazy to think about, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like really, what would this season have looked like even with our terrible defense? Like, I mean, what are they, are they a 12 win team? Is that crazy? I don't, I don't think that's crazy. It's a good question. Let's look. Um, And that's, that's just off the hook considering like how bad our defense has played in stretches and even our offense in stretches with a new quarterback and everything. All right, let's 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 just stop here. So we beat the Bears. We lost to the Falcons by one point. Is it safe? And, and the offense was terrible in that. I mean, we, we gave up 25, so the defense obviously wasn't very good considering how trash the Falcons are. And 24 points isn't even that bad. But still, are we going to win that? Of course we're going to win that game. So we go 3-0 and because we beat the Saints. We lost to the Lions by 14. Let's just say that continues to be a loss. We lost to the Raiders 13-17. to That's a win. Um... We lost to the Broncos, 17-19. That's a win. The Vikings, we lost by 14. Again, we'll just keep that a loss, uh, even though you know they only scored 24, and it's very not the biggest hurdle in the world to get over. But I'll just say that. So that's two losses. We lost to the Lions and the Vikings, which is rough. We beat the Rams. We lost to Pittsburgh by four. We'll call that a win. Then we beat the Chargers, the Lions, the Chiefs. We lost to the Giants by two. That's a win. And we lost to Tampa by 14. So three games we lost by 14. So we would be a three-loss team right now. So that would be, what, 13-3 and three is essentially what our record would be if we just added three or four points to every game. I mean, so, hey, kudos, 33, welcome back. Please stay healthy. Uh, hopefully Preston is healthy. Look like he, he came back, I think they said. So hopefully it was a decent game injury-wise. Hopefully Reed's okay. Uh, everybody have a safe safe and a fun new year. This is a great way to <laughs> great great way to prime the pump, so to speak, for everybody tonight. So stay safe, everybody. All right. If you're gonna drink, don't drive. Um, we want everybody in the Packernet family here tomorrow. So take care, y'all. Ryan, thanks for everything you do. Here's to a great twenty twenty four. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, I hope everybody was was very safe and I look forward to you guys calling back in and uh letting us all know that you're doing well, especially Chris from Alabama. <laughs> Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and hear from the one and only Jersey Mike. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So us cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Hey, Ron, it's Jersey Mike. Uh, I didn't want to call in during the game since I was watching the live stream. Um, <laughs> you're, you're not able to detect my sarcasm very well. I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah, I guess it doesn't uh, translate over text chat. I, I wanted to throw the ball to end the game there. I get it. Uh, that's just, I felt like that would have been the right thing to do. I don't know why every time the Packers go up, we, we just decide, you know, foot off the gas, let's coast to the win. I don't know. I, I kind of like the guys that, like, want to step on somebody's throat. Um, Joe Barry's defense, he played good. Joe Barry doesn't deserve a job because of it, though. I just want to uh, make sure we're, we're aware of that and we stay on that path. Every good defense has a bad day. Every bad defense has a good day. That's why you don't look at individual games to make determinations. You can take in new information. Like last year, last year I was all about the Joe Barry defense. Why? Because down the, after the bye week, the defense was awesome. And so I thought, well, maybe, maybe they figured it out. Maybe Joe Barry figured out how to use this defense and how to use these pieces. And I'm excited to see what this can look like coming back next year. And right now we sit at 30th. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong for even theorizing it. So I'm not going to go down that road, especially since it's not even like there's not nothing even logical about it. It's not like number one after a bye week, number two, four or five games in a row of playing really good football. This is one random game against a terrible team that couldn't stop shooting itself in the foot. What 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 exactly do you want me to do other than come out and say, you know, you did great in this game. Like, you did everything I could ask you to do. Everything was fine. Nothing went wrong. Good job. And I said good job. But you start getting crazy with, like, well, he should keep his job. Now we're going to have to have some problems with the dialogue. Uh, Matt LaFleur called a good game tonight, especially when we had uh, a few good pieces go down that we really needed. Um, so, Jada Reed going down, that doesn't look good. Hopefully Myers doesn't have a big... Uh, a big injury there at the end of the game. No, man, it was nice to see Anthony Johnson Jr. have a, a pass breakup on Jefferson at the end of the game there. Uh, I mean, who, who do you want to give the game ball to? Jordan Love. Yeah. Under fire, Jordan Love is that guy. Yeah. Um, he, he has proved even on his down leagues, he's a, he's a good enough quarterback. Um, I, I, I love to see it. This game here, there's a fight. Like, <laughs> Vikings, he's salty. Um, I'm happy. Happy with this win, as long as we fire Joe Barry. Uh, anyway, everybody, happy New Year's. Uh, yeah, go Pack Go. Yep, it was a great game. Great job by the team. I, I, I think, I mean, there's a question here of, is there a possibility Joe Barry can keep his job? And I have to think the answer is no, because at best he's able to do exactly what he did last year. Like, what if in the really unlikely scenario, we go on to win the Super Bowl this year? We so we we beat the Bears. We go on to beat the Lions. After that, we beat freaking uh, you know Tampa Bay. Then we go on to beat the Forty ers Then we go on to beat the Ravens. And we do it partly because the offense is playing lights out, and partly because the defense is playing as the best defense in football. Do we keep Joe Barry? Should we have kept Joe Barry? Here's here's my question to that question. Should we have kept Joe Barry after last year when the defense locked it down down the, down the stretch? The answer to that question is no. Why? Because it wasn't real. It got hot down the stretch. Big deal. We came back next year. Same problems. Same issues. We're still not going to end the season as a top 10 defense. And there's no reason for me to believe we're going to be a top 10 defense next year. Now, you know, you take it on a day-to-day basis. If we actually get to that point, we can reevaluate it. We can look at, you know, are the players really starting to buy in? Are they saying, you know, if we if we got guys coming forward saying, look, Joe Barry has, has done some internal reflection. We've had a lot of good conversations with Joe. You know, like if, if they're coming out saying like, look, we, there was some some rift there and there was some problems there and we weren't we weren't happy and that's on us. And we and we worked some stuff out and we started figuring out how to utilize guys and, and how to put us in better situations. And we really figured it out. and We started playing hard and it started to make sense. It started to click in our minds and it started to click to Joe and we really got it. And we're, you know, at that point, it's going to be hard to to say, you know, like you, you want to trust it, but also like I'm going to be nervous. So I guess the honest question is, is there a scenario? Probably. But it would have to be just the most ridiculous scenario in which 
there's like a big kumbaya moment and everybody comes together and they all love each other. And it turns out there was this big glaring issue and they found the exact issue and they fixed the exact issue. And now everything's going to be perfect going forward. And I just don't think that that's going to happen. So no, I don't really genuinely in a realistic scenario, think there's anything that can be done to save Joe Barry's job. And I just don't care. As far as the question of like, what about the players? Troubleshooting. You know, you have a defective piece. And you know that defective piece is causing a lot of problems all throughout. Are you going to start replacing the other problems that might be a problem or might be a result of the defective piece? Or do you replace the defective piece first, then turn the machine back on, run it, and see if there's other damage that's happened? There might be multiple problems. But let's get rid of the known problem and see if the machine runs. It might just run. If it doesn't, then you find out what exactly the problems are and how to fix it from there. But you have to move on from the defective piece. Period. Man, right as I said that about injuries, man, like Myers is laying down on the ground. So I'm hoping that future me and you already know that he's okay. Please, please, please be okay. I know I have talked smack about him in the past, but he's put together a pretty solid year. We need him. Please be okay. Thank you. Past Kyle signing off. Yeah, he's been struggling big time, but. The question then becomes, what does our offensive line look like without him? I mean, obviously, I'm guessing we're going to have to reshuffle. Obviously, everybody's favorite scenario is to put um, Zach Tom at center. Everybody's still just gushing over that situation. I guess the best way to do it, if you wanted to do that, would be if you move Zach Tom to center, we would need Elton Jenkins at tackle. And then you'd have to put John Runyon over at left guard, Sean Ryan at right guard, unless you want to just put Sean Ryan at left guard to to make things move around less. But, I mean, then we'd have like one, two, three, four of our five guys all in different positions, which is, of course, scary because of one injury. Again, if you did less moving, then we'd have two. We'd keep John Runyon there, but that's still three. You could do even less moving by just putting Sean Ryan in where Elton Jenkins is, move Elton Jenkins to center. That would be two. I don't think we have any backups that can play center, which is not super great. So we can't just do a one-for-one swap. I don't think Sean Ryan, Caleb Jones, Royce Newman, or Yash Nyman are equipped to be centers. So yes, as much as I would love to talk about an upgrade next year, I don't want anybody getting hurt and replaced. Um as we're trying to make a little bit of a playoff push here. So I would agree it would be nice if the guy could just be okay. What's going on? So I'm out of firefighter. How y'all doing? All right, so I got some news for you. Uh, I did wear my uh, Bad Luck Packers jersey Okay. Uh, today. I wore it all game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to tell you this part, which I think might have broke the curse. Uh, my wife said we need to go to church for New Year's. They had two services, and so we went to the early one, which was, uh, I want to say, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, mm-hmm. to like 9, I think, something like that. So I, I said, you know what? I got to test this jersey thing out because I need to know if it's cursed or that. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to wear it to church. So I literally had... Like my church sweater, it was a. I got a. I had a bigger one than I normally wear. It's a little tiny bit bigger, and I had my jersey underneath, so you couldn't see it. I had to zip it all the way up to my neck, so like I had a turtleneck on, so nobody saw the green they logo and the NFL stuff on it. And I had it underneath the whole time. And I'm like, I don't know what the score is. I don't know what's going on. And when I got home, it was like in the second quarter. Like, think. Uh, love just ran it in for the touchdown. Okay. And I was like, okay, all right, all right. So I'm aware, maybe because I wasn't watching. So I'm watch the whole game and everything went good. So I guess maybe it got, you know, blessed in church. Yeah. A little Southern Baptist charm or something. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I guess it's been exercised. The demons have been exercised. <laughs> this house has been cleansed. <laughs> if anybody's seen, uh, put the guys. Anyway, um, it was a good game. Nice to see everybody. You can get to see Sean Clifford on the ball, so that was pretty cool. 
Uh, I definitely want us to. We want. I want us to want the draft for kicker, but we need to bring in some competition because we got the worst kicker on extra points, and I know he got a leg, but I'm sure there's another kicker who who can kick 50 yard field goals, but who can also make extra points. Just bring him in, have a competition, at least push him because we can't just hand him the job like we did this year. I got it. This year was a test run, but now I think next year. You know, with another good draft, we can be a killer team. So I don't want us to be wasting opportunities of losing games because of an extra point. So anyway, go pack, go, and hope everybody has a happy new year. Bye, bye. Yeah, I mean, I I think as far as the kicker, I'm still willing to be a little bit patient. Um, We got a lot of other stuff to work out. We got an entire freaking defense to figure out. You know, I understand the extra point is not great. But, I mean, that's that's one point. If we can hammer in this defense, I think we can cover up that one-point deficiency, and hopefully he can get better. But the Packers have been rewarded by being patient. They were patient with Mason Crosby, and it paid off. They were patient with him again, and it paid off. They were patient with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, and it paid off. Patient with Rashawn. I mean, the Packers are the most patient team in the NFL, and it's a big part of the reason why they're successful while other teams are not. And it's largely because they don't have an owner. Right. Owners are not patient. And that's why they push and that's why they demand. I want now. I want now. And so it just doesn't work. I'm not saying you're not right. You might very well be right. He's not the answer. But that's not the Packers process. And um, sometimes it works. Sometimes the patience is just not there. But then you move on. But we got to let it run its course. Something that has run its course is this defense. It's been three years. They were patient. Didn't work out. Time to move on. But um I tell you what, as far as that curse, I think you might be on to something. And not only would I encourage people who have, you know, things that are cursed, like, you know, Jersey Mike's entire being, maybe he should just step into a church. But if you got something, it might not be a bad idea to bring it into church with you. You know what I mean? It also, I think more than anything, proves to me that God is a Packer fan and that everything that tries to stop the Packers from winning is satanic. I think that's what we've determined here today, because these curses are not just random curses. These are obviously, um, you know, we're dealing with principalities and powers and whatnot, the bad ones. It's good to know we're on the right team here, you know what I mean? 33 to 10. This is Chris from Alabama. Sure is. 33 to 10. We control our own destiny in the playoffs. Win and you're in against the raggedy, <laughs> trash organization that is the Chicago Bears. Great game by us on all phases. Offense was spectacular. The defense plays solid. I still want Joe Barry fired. <laughs> but the defense plays solid. Physical team played solid and simple to Ray Windham. You know, it, it didn't matter at that point, but it is it's a mistake. Can't have that. Gotta clean that up. Great game, man. Great game all the way around with everything that's been going on with the Jair suspension. All the rumblings about Van the flu being they ain't got control of the team and all that good stuff, man. We came out here and we handled our business. Thirty-three to ten. <laughs> One more game. Yep. We've been here before, everybody. We were here last year. We didn't get it done. Now we got the Chicago Bears. All we got to do is win, and we're in. We got to get it done. Bears been looking pretty good here last couple of weeks. I expect us to come out and do what we do always against the raggedy (laughs) Chicago Bears. I hope everybody have a great New Year, man. I am all the way past starter. I have been on alcoholic beverages since... Way before the game started, and I guess y'all can tell. Happy New Year to everybody. We won 33 to 10. 
We control our destiny. Go at go. Yeah, I mean, look. Let's man. get this yeah. thing, yeah. man. On to the playoffs, baby. <laughs> One more and we in this thing, man. Go, pay, go. <laughs> Sorry. Usually the go, pack, go comes at the end, but sometimes you slip a couple extras in there. Um, that was that. Actually, we're not done. I was going to say that was great to hear from Chris from Alabama, a little lit up, but there's there's another one. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about for this team, win, lose, or draw. But it's a big boost if they win compared to lose. You know, I mean, some of it is going to be more perception than reality. You know, um, this game could obviously go either way. You run it back 10 times, the Packers win six or seven of them. If this happens to be one of the three or four that we lose, does it really change the makeup of the team all that much? Not necessarily. Um, some of it might be reality in terms of ability to get it done or, you know, if that even is a thing, I don't know, but man, it, it, it sure would be a nice little feather in the cap, especially since it's year one, especially considering, you know, what does that mean for, well, we'll talk a little bit tomorrow about what it means for Jordan Love financially. Um, but perception wise for the Green Bay Packers, for Jordan Love, for Matt LaFleur, for this team moving forward, um, it's a heck of a it's a heck, a heck of a blow um for the rest of the NFC North and everybody that hated the Green Bay Packers and wanted them to fail and wanted Jordan to fail and everything else um it's just it's just a fantastic thing if they can get in and lose it ain't it's not going to matter whether they win one or two or three or zero games once they get in it's not going to change all that much unless we're talking about actually getting to the Super Bowl that's sort of the next big thing um and then obviously winning but um, just being able to get in is going to buy a ton of clout. It's a very, very big game for that reason. And just what it does for us in the off season. I want to save some of my thoughts on this for tomorrow, but it's, it's, it's a big deal. Because, you know, I mean, let's think about it from a negative perspective. Think about Christian Watson and how great he looked and how optimistic we were. By the time next season rolled around, nobody remembered, nobody cared. Didn't matter. People's memories are too short. And so we roll in next year like, bro, the Packers look good. Like, look good. You guys did not look good. You guys look like trash. Jordan Love was really inconsistent. Defense sucked like every year. Missed the playoffs. Losing record. Like, what, what, what was good about last year? Nobody's going to remember. So you got to have that stamp. Again, it won't matter. I'll, we'll still be talking reality over here. But you get in, nobody can take that away from you. Let's take our final break. We'll be right back. Hey, caller number five here. Happy hey. New Year. Thanks. Um, that was a playoff game for the Vikings, too. I don't want anyone to forget that. They yeah. were at home. Uh, they were um, they were playing for their playoff lives pretty much, and they just got trounced 33-10. to 10. Um, Incredible. Also, Bo Melton is our first 100-yard receiver of the year. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, I don't like. How do they keep? How do they keep doing this? How do you keep finding guys that produce? I, I, I don't understand it. Um, sucks for Torrey. Well, and as much as I'm a big Brian Gutekunst fan, and I think he gets some credit for this. Again, I am a big skeptic that you know Bo Melton is just going to be a generational talent. You know, no matter what, I really think this comes down to Matt Lafleur. I think Matt LaFleur has done a fantastic job of making whoever you give me work, which is the exact opposite of what we're saying about Joe Barry. It doesn't matter who you give him, it won't work. Matt LaFleur, the offensive line, whatever hodgepodge, mid-late round guys you give me will make it work. Right? Whatever wide receivers you give me will make it work. And they have been. These guys, it doesn't matter who comes in. There were, I mean, Ben freaking Sims has come in and made big plays. Right? I mean, it's just he's done a great job of figuring out what we have and how we can make it work, right? I mean, Bo Melton has a lot of limitations, but he's also got some speed, so how can we use that to our advantage? He figured it out. I mean, man, we, got, we, we don't have anybody left. And it's just every week it's somebody else that steps up and, and makes it work. I mean, look at, look at the Chiefs. 
Like they're they're out of pieces and they can't make it work anymore. And they're not even out of pieces the way we're out of pieces. I mean, they still have Travis Kelsey on the team, first of all. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been in the league for, what, like five, six, seven, eight years, something, I don't know how long. Drafted, played with Rodgers and Mahomes, some of the greater offensive minds with Matt LaFleur and Andy Reid. That's not good enough, right? They've, they've had a bunch of guys that they keep bringing in. They cannot make it work. It's like, well, Bill Melton was just left open. Okay, that was on like two or three plays. That doesn't explain the entire offensive performance, nor does it explain this entire season, which has been guys like Malik Heath stepping up and looking really solid. Guys like Dontavian Wicks, guys like Jaden Reed. Yes, he's a second round pick, but that doesn't exactly explain the, the um, amount of production that we've gotten. I mean, even Romeo Dobbs is just kind of assumed that, well, he's just kind of good. No, you don't just assume a fourth-round pick is just going to come out and play and be good at stuff. He's a mid-round pick. Most of these guys are never going to hardly see the field. And I'll tell you what, as much as we look at these defensive coaches and say, a lot of these guys have got to go because they're just not getting the job done, maybe we need to start um, appreciating some of the guys we have, like Jason Vrabel, who is the wide receivers slash passing game coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. This guy's ability to get the passing game to work, as well as work with the wide receivers, has been really incredible. Or Adam Stenovich as the offensive coordinator. Uh, Tom Clements, what he's done with the quarterbacks. Um, John Dunn with the tight ends. Luke Butkus. The offensive line, I think, has taken a step back since Stenovich has moved, but it's still impressive. Rasheed Walker, seventh-round, second-year guy. It's remarkable. But you're gone, buddy. See you later. Uh, Bull Melton has taken your place. Also, Love has now 30 touchdowns passing, four touchdowns uh, rushing, so he's up to 34 on the year. Um, just overall, it feels good to be a Pack fan right now, man. Can't wait for next week. We'll see how it goes. Bears have been playing pretty pretty well, but it is the Bears, and we are the Packers, so hopefully Love can uh, put another performance like this together because he is him better than any Bears quarterback of all time in their entire franchise history. <laughs> I hope you do a laughing at the enemy. I'm not sure if you'll have time, but I hope you do, because that's awesome. I, I do, and, and I, I mentioned before, you know, people not being able to say a lot, but there will always be that. Like, if we don't get in, um, you know, th- there'll be a lot of trash talk, but Bears fans will not be allowed to trash talk, period. They can't do it. You want to throw in the face that, that you knocked us out of the playoffs? Great. I'm going to throw in your face that Jordan Love in his first year is better than any quarterback that has ever suited up for your stupid team. And I'm going to continually throw that in your face over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's pretty effective, too, because I, I, I've posted that already, you know, the, the stat about Jordan Love. More yards, more touchdowns than any single Bears quarterback has ever had, um, or even collective, right? I mean, you stitch together the highest as far as yards and the highest as far as touchdowns. It's still not as good as Jordan Love. Um, and I've I've had Bears fans, oh, all that just to get beat by the Bears next week, and and you just respond with, yeah, but everything I said would still be true, and they just vanish. You know why? Trump card, son. Trump. I mean, it's just it's listen. Every year we play football. We'll be back next year and the year after that and the year after the year after that. And sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes you're going to lose. Sometimes you're in the playoffs. Sometimes you're out of the playoffs. We're talking about the entire history of the Chicago Bears. You want to talk about one game, which, by the way, we split this season, so it's not that big of a freaking deal. But yes, we, we, we did miss the playoffs and you were the last team to beat us to officially um, get to the point where we did not get in this year. In our first year, didn't get in. Aw, shucks. Guess what I've got, though? Guess what card I'm going to play? Something that carries a little bit more weight. In the entire history of your franchise, nobody has been as good as Jordan Love. Ever. And they can maybe try to get into the weeds of what does it mean to be good. Whatever. I don't give a crap. You can try to play all the games you want. That, that absolutely cuts deep to their core, and I know it does. Daddy? <laughs> Dude. Man, that was, what an amazing, I mean, really, really, really sound performance pretty much all the way through. Carlson's the only one that put pretty much a blemish on the record outside of Turing, who's essentially going to be gone anyway, because we've got so many 
damn good receivers that he's he's done. But um, man, just really really nice in every phase. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Jordan looked great. Um, you know, he missed a couple, but geez. And then Dobbs dropped. Well, I don't know if he dropped, but there was that one early. And then, you know, Jordan missed, uh, I think it was Milton. A little bit. No, it was Heath. It was Heath on that, on that play. But either way, man, I mean, what a great, great, great all-around performance. And, as much as I don't like Barry and I just still want him gone, whatever else. I just, I love the fact that they blitzed on over 50% of the snaps with the rookie quarterback who didn't know what was going on. Uh, and that showed, uh, really did. And then Mons came in and tried to do whatever, but it didn't work. Um, so whatever. I just really, really cool. And at the end of the game, did you see my boy heat mark talking, <laughs> talking to the boy? And then, uh, I mean, I just, I love that guy's, that guy's moxie. Yeah. Anyway, um, I got away with it all, man. I I kind of flopped the nuts straight. The wife and kids are asleep. My uh, I'm in GB for the new year with my old with my uh, my folks. They're asleep, so it's just your boy snacks and a bottle of brown until the new year strikes. So <laughs> happy new year, gang. Nice work. Let's uh, let's build off of this and see what we can do next week. Nice damn work. Yeah, happy new year and yeah, I mean it, mostly everything was great. Um again, I mean it's it's not just that um the offense was bad which it was, but I mean I I genuinely appreciated the play calls and and it's not just well it, it's funny cuz it's like well you're just saying that cuz it works, which is my whole thing too. It's like well if you if it works you like it, if it doesn't well yes, but to some degree there's there's truth to that because that's what you're supposed to do. Arguing against myself right now, but as I reflect on that, that's your job to call the right plays at the right time. Call the plays that are going to work. And that's what the defense did. Now, would it have worked against another team? Probably not. But he didn't call a defense for a different team. He called a defense for this. And although it might have been an easier challenge, he at least rised to the challenge. And it wasn't like we've been talking about in the past where it's like the defense sucks until somebody just makes some, you know, massive play. You know, uh, there were some big plays that, that, that helped for sure. But there were times when, you know, he's trying to throw and just there's nobody open, you know? I mean, they they brought a lot of extra attention over to Justin Jefferson, played a lot of zone, just kind of bracketing and taking stuff away. And I think that makes it tough for a young quarterback, uh, young, inexperienced, or just bad quarterbacks, where it's like, we'll give you some windows, but you got to process quickly. You got to throw on time in rhythm and you better be accurate. And if you don't have the confidence or the ability to do that, then you're in a lot of trouble. And, and if you can generate a lot of pressure, which we did, then we're going to take away a little bit of that timing. We're going to take away a bunch of that confidence, whatever confidence you have. And um, yeah, it just, it just worked. So speaking of confidence, hopefully that was a bit of a confidence boost for our defense and our defensive staff and everything else. And they can kind of carry that with them. We could do it again against the Chicago Bears, which I think are going to be a much more difficult challenge. Not that they're an elite football team, but as far as the offense is concerned, I mean, it's an offense that can do things that the Minnesota offense probably just couldn't. They do have a good wide receiver, even if it's not Justin Jefferson. They have a better passer, as much as it makes me sick to say that. He is better than whatever nonsense. I mean, most of the nonsense we've even played the last four or five weeks, with the exception of Baker, I think it's probably the best quarterback we've seen in a while. Um, the best rusher. Uh, probably the best or second best rushing quarterback behind Lamar. So again, hopefully they can, uh, hopefully they can, I guess, do it again. Uh, Chris from Alabama. Do we have, is this, is this it before he goes to sleep? I think so. All right. 1030. Chris, what's going on? Oh, Chris from Alabama. One more time. I think it's my lad call. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought about something. Jordan Love had two fifty-six three tubs in this game. I think he had like thirty-five, eighty something yards. I'm not. I don't have it in front of me. Thirty-five hundred plus, almost thirty-six hundred. Two fifty-six. He got to be around thirty-eight hundred something yards. I remember that I had the over on on four racks, man. So. 
If he got 3,800-some-odd yards, I don't know the total. I had to look tomorrow when I'm sober. But that means he got to have at least 200. It might not even be 200 because he might have over 38. Might be 38 and change. So a little bit less than 200 yards to get the full rack. Can that prediction come true for you, bud? And he got 30 TDs. He had 27 and 11 coming into the game. He tossed three. So he had 30 and 11. Hey, look. Man, we got Jordan Love. Probably going to bust four rats on the passing. 30 touchdown passes. Them pieces. Oh, just a little bit. Kind of, sort of, kind of happen. Not bad. I done seen quarterbacks have 15, 16, 17. And I don't know Josh Allen be throwing about 15 and a seven years. Hey, but we got young, virus. Man, listen, man. Listen, everybody. Listen. Listen up. Listen. I'm sorry, y'all. I, it's New Year's. I know y'all feel exactly how I feel. <laughs> I, I feel good right now. But look, this is what I'm saying. Man, the future for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Jaden Reed, Duntavian Wheat, Romeo Dobbs, Paul Milton off the practice squad <laughs> coming through. Like, look, pull my beard. Y'all forgot about me. Here I am. I'm, I'm going to produce two and be the lean receiver for two weeks in a row. Bold Milton, we, bro, bro, youngsters, man, the future is so doggone bright for this team, man. And if we is to drop the ball next week, which I feel like we're gonna be too bad, but if we was, I'm still, I'm, I'm still. I still feel good about the future, man. That's all I wanted to say, man. Go pack, go, man. Well, you brought it home at the end because at first I was super confused. At first I thought you were saying you want a bunch of money. I was like, dude, did you did you make a bunch of money? Because you were adding up stuff. I was thinking maybe you bet on the over. Because I, I heard you say racks and over. And I was like, oh, dang. But, um, yeah, 4,000 yards. And uh, he is shy of that right now. He sh- well, let's see. What does he need? 158 more yards to be able to crack 4,000. So he should be able to clear that. Um, he isn't going to hit 40 touchdowns or anything, but he did clear 30, obviously. Doesn't look like anybody's going to hit 40, at least not in the regular season. So, yeah, 4,000 yards, 30-plus touchdowns. I mean, I don't, I don't want to book it yet. It's possible he comes in under. Hopefully no interceptions. I think, what did Rodgers throw? Was it 12 or 13? So if he doesn't throw any picks, he'll be under that, which would be a fantastic start. And yeah, I mean that that's that is the biggest thing is how bright the future looks. I mean I mean Jordan since week 9. I constantly talk about week 9, week 9, week 9, but you know, it's one thing to you know, start playing well or whatever, you know, week 9 you had a couple good games whatever, but it's the consistency of it. I mean, the guy he's been since week 9. I mean, week 11 he had a 65 grade. It was basically a 70 passing grade, but it was it was 65 overall. Like, that's not great. Against the Giants, he had a 58 grade. That's not great. Even Tampa Bay, 66. That's not great. But it's it's the body of work. If you give me week 9 through 17 for an entire season, I don't care that there's some 60s and 50s mixed in. I don't like it. I'd like that to be maybe cleaned up and, and a little bit tighter. Um, but you give me that, he's a top 5 quarterback. I mean, he's almost a top five quarterback right now anyways, with an entire half of a season with zero good games. 62, 65, 63, 68, 53, 60, 63. He doesn't have a single good game in the first half of the season. And he's right now with an 81.3 grade, 80 passing grade. I mean, he started off as one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in football. Eight interceptions in eight weeks. He's thrown three since and only in two games. 11 touchdown, 19 cents. He came into, you know, weeks one through eight. It was 
you know, if you look at yardage, 200, 100, 200, 200, 100, 100, 200. I mean, it's like right down the half of his games were 200 some odd yards. Half of his games were 100. He hasn't thrown a hundred yard game since week nine. He hasn't been below 200 and he cracked 300 against the Chargers, which is his first time doing that. He only had two games with no interceptions. He's had almost every game except two with it without interceptions. I mean, Jordan Love in and of himself is the reason for optimism. But yeah, you add in how impressive guys have been just stepping into their role. It gives me confidence in, in not even so much Bo Melton and Malik Heath, but the coaching staff. And if they can do that with Bo Melton, if they can do that with Malik Heath, if they can do that with Dontavian Wicks, if they can do that with Romeo Dobbs, what can they do with Roma Dunze or Keon Coleman? Not saying that's the direction we're going, but I'm, I'm, I'm just asking the question. I mean, we, we've already seen how, how good they can do when they actually have semi-early receivers. Look at Jaden Reed. He's out here breaking records. Look at Christian Watson. He was breaking records last year, even injured. In the little bit of time that guy actually played and was thrown to, he was like the best wide receiver in the NFL for a period of time. That's what they're doing with second-round picks. What this team seems to do right is quarterbacks and wide receivers and offensive line. That's where this team excels, and I think they should just lean into it. Build it, right? I mean, it's, 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 let's, this is where we excel. It's been that way since the 90s. Brett Favre, Brett Favre played behind great offensive lines, and he had great wide receivers. That carried through his entire career, and then we get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers played behind great offensive lines, and he had great wide receivers. Let's do it. This is what we do. Build an elite offensive line, get some elite wide receivers, put them around Jordan, and let's just freaking, let's, let's, let's cook, as they say. Let's just, let's just cook. We already got tight ends. We, we usually don't even have those. We got some now. Grab another wide receiver. Build that up. Build up this offensive line. Whatever else we have is a bonus. You know, Rashawn Gary, couple pieces here and there, great. The only thing we need to cap this thing off is once we get a little bit of stability, Brian Gutekunst needs to find that guy. And it has to be a defensive piece, a free agent. He's got to find his Reggie White. He's got to find his Charles Woodson. Once we get that offense going, find that one piece. Right, that was His first job is to find um, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Second job, find Reggie White, Charles Woodson. You find him, you get your Super Bowl. You only get one, but that's the formula. That's how you do it. Then we win the Super Bowl, and then we continue on just beating the crap out of people but not winning Super Bowls. And I understand some people might not like that, but it's the Packer way. It's what we do, so go do it. Anyways, I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.